0: Today, I'm Tyler Orton. So demand for technology sector talent, it is surging in BC, we are drawing in global giants, and we're also serving as the launching ground for just throngs of startups. But does the sector's growing workforce accurately reflect the demographics of BC as a whole? Well, we we have a new report that's giving us some picture of what's going on. Uh, Vancouver-based HR Tech Group reveals gaps within representation as well as strides being made here in BC. And joining us today to dive into that, it is Stephanie Hollingshead. She is CEO of HR Tech Group. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Tyler. Well, you know, maybe we'll
0: start off uh, kind of broadly speaking, uh, lots of data that you guys have been able to produce here. But, um, you know, we are one of North America's fastest growing tech hubs. That is clear. We we have other reports uh, stating that fact. And I'm curious, from your perspective, you know, are we on the right track right now in terms of ensuring that the tech sector, you know, reflects what BC really looks like?
1: Well, I think that uh, on the right track is the is the key phrase there. Um, You know, we definitely don't reflect uh, BC's population currently. Uh, We've made tremendous progress. I think our, our report has, has shown just how much progress the tech sector has made with benchmarking diversity. There's real momentum there. We had a, a record number of participants providing data this year, which means, you know, tech companies are putting a lot of effort into benchmarking and improving their diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, I, I, you know, pulling out a stat from the from the survey we did, uh, just over a third, 36 percent mentioned they are tracking diversity demographics. And then another 38 percent are considering it or working on it now. So that is noteworthy. I think that's that momentum on um, this this measurement. It was basically non-existent if you go back two or three years. So we first uh, launched this diversity and inclusion project. You know, it was 2019, and we started building a toolkit to help companies measure diversity. I spoke several times about our, our goal to have companies. Measure their diversity and uh, report that that back in through the survey. And honestly, it was it was just stunned silence. It just like deers in the headlights type looks, right? And and so uh, I mean, there was only like a handful of, of companies that were actually measuring their diversity. So and now you look, there's a third of them doing it. Another 38 percent considering it, working on it. That's a massive positive shift happening in the sector. And I think it's really an important shift for the sector to reflect the diversity of of our communities, you know, but, you know, when you look at the actual numbers, this is where we do have work to do, right? And increasing the representation of marginalized groups in in the sector, you know, that the report pulled out that there are indeed, and and I don't think this surprises anyone, um, significant overall gaps in representation, specifically uh, in women, uh, in Indigenous peoples and people with disabilities. And then it, it also shows how that representation plummets as you get to more the highly paid technical roles and as you get into senior leadership roles. So still a lot of work to do to have the sector reflect the community. Yeah,
0: you know, I'll I'll run through some of the numbers here for our listeners. And then I've got a question for you. Maybe you can think about that in the next little uh, moment uh, or so. But uh, I am also wondering about like, what is driving this interest in, in companies now just over the last few years. But uh, before we get to that, I, I, I'll i uh, explain that uh, women now make up 33.2% uh, uh, of the sector. Um, that, that's more than what we saw last year. And, and I know you've cautioned before about looking too deeply into year over year changes. We're looking at kind of, uh, we want a wider breadth of, of data and knowledge moving forward. But we also mm-hmm. see that with regards to people with disabilities, they make up uh, just under 3%. Indigenous people, uh, they're about 0.7% of the sector. And with regards to visible minorities, we're looking at And from your perspective, though, what is driving greater interest in terms of benchmarking from tech companies specifically, uh, just over the last few years, because I I cover other sectors, I know that perhaps other sectors aren't going to be as, uh, let's say, engaged in doing this right now.
1: Well, you know, a mix Mix of reasons, certainly um, some of it is external, right company leaders are definitely facing pressures from boards, pressures from external uh, governments or recruitment market. Um, for sure boards are starting or have been paying attention to you know potential risks, discrimination claims. Um, you know, we are also seeing legislation starting to happen in, in Canada, and some other countries as well for, for companies that are in multiple countries. You know, there's definitely some compliance reporting aspects to it. But, you know, I think that most of this momentum is really coming from a, a more of a collective will within organizations, whether it's the leadership teams or the employees or, or both, right, this will to be more inclusive, the the past couple of years in Canada there's been a significant increase in societal awareness of systemic racism uh, bias uh, indigenous experiences in Canada right there's lots of news coverage which um, I'm very glad the news continues to, to cover these these things you know but you know horrific events like the discovery of, of residential school graves in Canada right these these things have stirred leaders to learn more about systemic racism, uh, about indigenous experiences in Canada. And, you know, they're, they're, they're learning and employees are are pushing as well uh, for more support of marginalized groups. And, and, you know, we are seeing leaders in the sector looking for actions that their organizations can take to, to make change. Um, And it's, you know why why the tech sector specifically i like to think that it's happening across other sectors um but certainly at the <laughs> the talent is absolutely critical to the sector and it is such a shortage of of technical talent that i think you know that also plays a role and uh, where this is a sector where they have to uh you know overturn every rock looking, looking for people. So looking in more diverse places, um, for those people is, is also one way to, uh, to try to help with recruitment.
0: And you're talking about demand for talent. One of the stats that kind of uh, it took me aback a little bit, and I wonder if you have any insights in, into what we can do to, you know, uh, you know, start to work on this. Is the number of executive leaders? And you mentioned it just a, a moment ago. But you know, if visible minorities represents you know just over forty three percent of the total workforce, we're looking at you know people in the C suites only making up about. Uh, just under 20% of the uh, tech workforce here in BC, you know, that, that's a huge gap right there. And I, I'm wondering, you know, what is it that we can do to start addressing? Because, you know, I, I, I feel as if if you have kind of leaders on the top being more representative, that that's going to reflect on, on what kind of comes with the, uh, the workforce uh, further down on the uh, the corporate ladder. But uh, w- what's your takeaway on how we can address this?
1: Yeah, and you know, you do you do see a plummet there, it sort of drops in, in half. Um it's you know, I would say that looking at your promotion practices, you're really doing um an audit of your pay and, and promotion practices, your recruitment practices. Uh and, and when when I say an audit, I mean an audit from a diversity and inclusion lens. There are organizations out there that that do that, will come in and look at these processes for you and look for, you know, where specifically you can make improvements, whether you're bringing people in at that senior level externally or you're promoting from within. What do your, you know, what do your candidate pools look like? How important is this to you as a board? Um, Some organizations will set uh, targets specifically on, you know, on numbers, let's start setting targets on the diversity of your senior leadership team, right? It's, um, it, it, it's just, I would say, similar to filling the roles at, at any level of the organization. But absolutely, what you said about the leaders, if they look, if they are more diverse, they will attract a more diverse um, workplace. I mean, i, I do that as a, as a female, if I'm looking at an organization, go online and look at the pictures of their, uh, of their executive team and their board, and uh, it definitely has an impression.
0: I, I recall writing a story just over the last year in which I had to take a look at the board of one particular organization. And I was a little bit taken aback about the composition and how little it reflected what BC actually looks like. So I, I feel you're there. Um, mm-hmm. And we're talking about kind of initiatives as well, you know, like uh, equity, diversity and inclusion programs, uh, the report notes that these are on the rise within BC tech companies. But I, I'm curious from kind of the ground level, what do these sorts of EDI programs, what, what might they consist of if a company is, you know, kind of on the fence and, and they're considering pursuing this?
1: Uh, Like with for within a company, what might some of them look like? Is that what? Yeah,
0: yeah. What would the initiatives just kind of on the nitty gritty level? What might they um, entail?
1: What might they actually do within a company? Yeah, Yeah. I you know, and it can be overwhelming because there is so much out there. Um, But I think that you know, certainly step one is listening to your employees. Like in different ways, in different channels, um, maybe some anonymous, some not anonymous, different group settings. Really understanding um, specifically what your organization can do differently um, to be more inclusive. Uh, I think uh, another important tangible step an organization can take is to audit those those practices. Bring someone in to to look at your different practices, your hiring practices, your even your informal practices around how you well we don't get together as much in person anymore but you know those those how people interact and are there um d- biases are there barriers are there accommodations that can be made um and certainly measuring as well measuring your diversity if you don't know the the diversity of your workforce uh, it's a lot harder to actually set some targets and and make some changes um, but uh, you know, I think that it, get, it people get overwhelmed and there's a bit of paralysis by analysis that can happen. So I would also say to just start with something, and it can be small. It can be specific as we are going to look at our recruitment process and we're going to look at our job postings and we're going to, you know, set some target around the the, the diversity of the candidates that we bring forward. Or we're going to look specifically at hiring more women, um, or more indigenous people. And, and you start one place, because if you try to do everything, it, it is totally overwhelming. And if you start somewhere, it will have a ripple effect, right? Other people will start doing other, other things in the organization. And, and I think, um, yeah, just getting started with a small piece is helpful.
0: Yeah, I, I recall talking to the executives over at Unbounce. That's a, a tech company here in British Columbia, and they said, you know, let, let's set a, a goal. Let, let's ensure that's, uh, you know, women. That they make up half the population. Well, why don't they make up half of our company? And that's something that they set their minds to, and they're able to accomplish that. And it, it wasn't like it took them ten, fifteen years or anything. They, they just kind of set their minds to it. So, <laughs> is that kind of uh, step number one? Is like let's let's create goals in mind. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's a fantastic example. And uh, Unbounce is a great example as well. And and they've also uh, more recently specifically looked at pay equity. So again, it's one specific thing. We are going to work towards having pay equity. And they've been fabulous at actually sharing their information in a pay equity toolkit with with the broader community. Clio is another tech company that uh, locally that did something very specific. And they said, wow, look at the representation of women in our engineering department. And it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was very, very small. And um, they set a goal to increase that to 50%. uh, And they were They knew they were ramping up for something. So they were doing a fair bit of hiring and they actually met their goal faster than they thought they were going to. I think within five months, they had that representation on that team was 50%. And that's what I mean about it, you know, starting somewhere and that ripple effect is like, fantastic. We've done this. Now what, what else could we do?
0: And we're seeing, you know, these initiatives coming within private companies, we also see that the government is taking the lead, uh, they have their own initiatives, I, I point to the Innovator Skills Initiative, which is offering companies grants for job placements uh, they, they got, uh, I think, just uh, they're up to $29 million in funding right now that was recently announced. Um, how mm-hmm. much of it, though, is it's up to private versus private sector versus the government with regards to leading the way? Do do you think it's ultimately going to come down to a mix of both those? Or, you know, maybe could the private sector do it all on its own?
1: Well, I think the supports are very helpful. And that Innovator Skills Program is a great example of a support from the government that is helpful, that is enabling companies to do these things, enabling companies that maybe aren't sure about it, trying it, having a positive experience, and then um, continuing down that path. So uh, that particular funding, right, it can get up to $10,000 for, for hiring uh, someone specifically. That can go a long way uh, for a smaller organization. Um, but I do think, you know, at the end of the day, it's the companies that are doing the hiring that really are going to make the impact. The government can um, provide supports. They can provide you know there are government-funded associations as well that provide support, certainly around accessibility for people with disabilities and um, uh, a lot of different different supports there. But the, the companies themselves have got to go out and use them, and they've got to go out and and do it. And, and you know the other, I guess, way a government can uh, affect the change is um, through. Uh, sorry for the. Legislation, but um, it's a bit of a, a hammer that way. And I think it works better if, if it comes from the ground up, from the companies. Uh,
0: maybe I'll leave it off on this. I'll, I'll just point out, to and, and it's been cited a lot, uh, but this. Uh, Mc- Kinsey and Company reports, and it, it literally digs into it, and they found that you know uh, businesses that are more ethnically and gender diverse, they're simply more profitable. Uh, this is based on national industry medians, and so it, it, there's a business case for it. It, it. It's not just like like it makes sense, like it, it's the right thing to do, but it also makes sense for a, a company just having more voices in the room, um, maybe picking up on things that other people would not have even thought about when it comes to business practices.
1: Absolutely. And right, we've been talking about employees, but we should also be talking about vendors and our products and and the diversity there. It's, you know, this is not a needle that's going to move quickly. Um, I think to substantially increase representation in our sector, it's going to require many organizations doing that hard work to increase representation within their own organizations. Um, But There's tons of momentum here, and I am confident that we can do it.
0: Well, excellent. Stephanie, I I really appreciate your time. I think this is such an important issue to dive into. So I I just want to thank you once again for joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you, Tyler.
0: That's Stephanie Hollingshead. She is CEO of HR Tech Group. And that is it for the show today. But you can still go to biv.com. More interviews there, videos, podcasts, and of course, lots of stories as well. I'll thank everyone for listening and we'll be back next time.